Put aside that stout beer for a few weeks and get yourself some Jim Beam instead. Toasting the Classics is traveling back to a time when conflict between Russia and the United States loomed large in the public mind, threatening us all with World War III and nuclear annihilation. Imagine what that must have felt like. The Cold War can only go hot in two ways, through proxy wars like Vietnam and Korea, or in fictional accounts like 1984's Red Dawn. The story of a small Colorado town caught up in the throes of a third world war fought in North America, Red Dawn is dark, violent, and downright cathartic. Nearly 40 years old, this film suddenly seems somewhat relevant in our own time. Join us as we polish off our grandfather's pistols, load our RPGs, and pour some Jim Beam to keep us warm through the winter. It's time for episode 51 of Toasting the Classics, Red Dawn. Welcome back to another episode of Toasting Classics. This I, is the podcast where we take something that people call a classic, we talk about it, drink something related to the classic, and we decide whether it continues to be a classic as far as we're concerned, which is the only thing that matters. I can preemptively Yes, got to get there, in there and not fumble over the <laughs> intro. I finally kind of have it down to some extent. So. Uh, that was terrible. It's a I'm Clint Lanier. Dave MacArthur. Welcome. This uh, episode, we are uh, uh, talking about uh, Dave's pick, which is what? Red Dawn, the 2012 remake starring Chris Hemsworth. I think it's much better than the <laughs> yeah, original one. So, so, definitely yeah. going to go down as a classic. Absolutely. Uh, North Korea has yes, definitely makes got the so much yeah. sense. That one made so much sense. By the way, the first one stretched credulity to some extent, but I think they sold it. I think right. they kind of stuck the landing on the, on the original <clears throat> one, which, by the way, is what we're actually talking about. Yeah. 1984, right? Yeah, 1984. We're going to be doing a whole suite of films about the Cold War. We're going to do Rocky Four next. Um, <laughs> What's some of the other ones? You ever see Miracle Mile? No. With Anthony Edwards? That was really scary. No. I loved these kinds of things when I was a kid. This, I'm never a horror movie guy, but this kind of thing that was about real life terrifying stuff like mm -hmm. nuclear war, I'd eat it up. It's morbid the, fascination. Uh, was it the morning like after? <clears throat> the day after, yes. The day after, I remember yeah. watching The Day After <clears throat> on TV when it first came out. Morning After is a pill. Totally different, right? Right, yeah, Sorry. the day after pill is the one that you take, the iodine <laughs> tablets you take to right, 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 resist right, radiation. Right. Yeah, that's a little bit different. But yeah, the day after is the one with Jason Robards where mm -hmm. they, I could still remember they're at the football game and they see the missiles launching from the silos in Kansas. And then the, and then they're like talking like, oh, how long do we have before the missiles come back? Is that, that kind of, that's my jam horror wise. Yeah. That's the thing that gets my brain going and like mm -hmm. tickles that, and my amygdala and like I enjoy Did you ever, that did you ever duck like, and cover? No, we didn't do that. Duck. Yeah. And cover. You know, they laughed about that. Mm. But, like, for instance, my mom was at uh, Farlington Elementary School in uh, 1962, or uh, she would have been in middle, middle school. But anyway, when the Cuban Missile Crisis happened, mm -hmm. and she was telling me she remembered looking at the clock and, like, they knew what time the ultimatum was coming down and, like, that's when World War Three would happen and, like, the bombs would start falling. And at that moment, if the kids in her class had, like, gotten under their desks and covered their heads and the bomb wasn't, like, a direct hit on them, if it was in D.C., like, probably six or seven miles away like it was, mm -hmm. that might have saved you. Hmm. The bricks and things falling down and glass breaking and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not in the direct path of the bomb, ducking and cover could could save you depending on where you are. If you're at ground zero, just, just stand <laughs> there and eat it. Luck, you know, yeah. you're fine. You yeah. know, but I've been thinking about that. Like, great. It's like World War Three might happen and I'm moving to New York. I'm like, I'm just a direct yeah. hit, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's uh, a bad place to yeah, be. This is this, I think that. we probably would weather the storm out here at least initially. In well, Las yeah, I don't Las think we'd be a primary yeah. target. We'd be some around us, though. I think uh, Los Alamos White, White Sands would get hit. Uh, Sandia, White Sands. Yeah, those are pretty In terms good. of surviving yeah. the initial blast, El Paso. Maybe uh, Holloman Air Force Base. 
Fort Bliss. Yeah, there's a couple of places around that would get hit, but I don't think Cruces, unless it was the old PSYOP where there's like a thousand bombs falling mm-hmm. at once, they might hit someplace like we're a railroad junction and a road junction. So it should be pretty right. far down the list of targets before you got to Las Cruces, right. 100,000 people. Um, so when, when did you first see this movie? I saw this movie. It used to get played on network TV late mm-hmm. at night. Um, okay. And I think I just caught it like the like the middle of it. I don't think I ever watched it from start to finish for a couple of years. I'd just watch whenever it was on TV. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it, and yeah. they played it on the the local TV. Like, I just had a little antenna TV in my room, and uh, you know, so I only got what at the time it was four, five, seven, nine, and twenty were the channels that I got. Okay. On a good day, you could get fifty from Baltimore. So we had like six channels that you could watch on the okay. antenna TV. One of those would play this movie on a regular basis, and I used to watch it whenever it was on. Yeah. On the weekends, like, stay up late and watch it in my room and stuff. And just, yeah, man, it gave me the creeps, but I just loved it. Yeah. It was so, it's such a, it's like a downer in a lot of ways. It really The movie's is. pretty sad and pretty scary yeah. in some ways, but also kind of thrilling in parts. And It is. I mean, it, it, it is <clears throat> uplifting in a way. Okay, so, you know. I hope you've seen Red Dawn, the original. It's about. Oh, we could do a little bit of a synopsis just for people that I picked it. So, you, to, give me your synopsis. What happens in okay, this? Okay, uh, so so here we have a small town, Colorado. Calumet. Calumet, Colorado. Do you know where it was filmed? Yeah, yeah, in, in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Crazy, yeah. So you have uh, World War Three happen, right? And yep. uh, for some reason, Russian, Cuba, and Nicaragua team uh-huh. up, yeah. and uh, they paratroop into the small town in Colorado, mm-hmm. take it over. For God knows why they would do that to a small town. Uh, they're uh, trying to control the towns. The paratroopers hit the towns that are passes through the Rockies because okay. the army's coming up from Mexico Got and it. taking the plains, and they don't want the U.S. troops to be able to easily cross through the okay. Rockies. So they're trying to block off. So that's why they do it. Yeah. Upon taking this town, there are a group of high schoolers led by a ex-quarterback from the high school. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. One of the first oh, things. Man. Not the first thing he was in, but this is pre-Dirty Dancing. He's not like the was biggest this, star in the world it at was, the time. But it was After Outsiders. After Outsiders. Yeah. yeah. He's not, it's not his first film. Which but. also, Johnny Boy is in this movie. Um, is that C. Thomas Howell? Yeah, C. Thomas Howell. There was a movie. bit on, I was terrible, so mean-spirited. There was a bit on SNL where Rob Lowe was on there years later. Mm. And had a bit where he's reading from a journal from his time on the set on uh, on The Outsiders. And he's like, oh, this movie's terrible. There's a bunch of nobodies here. Like, you know, Ralph Macchio, Patrick Swayze, these losers. But there's this one guy, <laughs> C. C. Thomas, Thomas Howell. Howell. He's, who didn't he's do going, anything. He's going somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is mean, man. Like, what, what That's awesome. I yeah. love that. I wanna, like, I'm going to go look that up tonight. Yeah, like, anyway, so a so, uh, group of high schoolers, they head off into the woods. And so... He might have been in E.T. The no, oh, no, C. Thomas no. Howell is one of the kids in E.T. Is he? Yeah. No. I'm going to look that up while all you right. talk. So uh, they all go off into the woods, and they're all kind of like raised in the, in the uh, kind of uh, American outback, so to speak. And uh, they, you know, kind of start a resistance to the uh, the Russians, kind of a guerrilla group. Uh, they call themselves the Wolverines. Was he really? He's one Holy of the kids cow. on the bikes. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, oh, so he's chasing them. Chasing Elliot. Mm-mm. No? At the end, when he gets all the buddies to go and split oh, okay. up on their bikes, oh, okay, he's one yeah. of the guys on the bikes. So, the, one um, that, the one that wraps something around his face, like to look like a like a like tougher when they go running from the cops, okay. and the cops grab him and he goes, "Jesus!" <laughs> okay, you know entirely too much about that. Anyway, oh, so, I've seen uh, ET a million times. I love that movie. Yeah, so they form a resistance. They uh, and eventually they, you know, the uh, America wins at the end. Uh, we don't know that. No, well, you assume so. Because we know America survives. Well, at the very end, I know. there's a plaque. America still exists, but we don't know if, that they necessarily won well, the war. Well, that's, that's a good point. 
We don't I, know. I, was, I actually was thinking about this yeah. on this viewing because I had always assumed, oh, America won. And then I was like, well, they might have yeah. been, yeah. they might have just survived. Split in half, yeah, or, split something in half like or something. It's whatever. not necessarily. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, yeah, so that's sort of the synopsis. Although I have to say, uh-huh. with the particular strategic setup that we have in this film, okay. if you imagine the, imagine the game board that we're talking about here, you've got China, the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. and the United States versus the Soviet Union and a couple of countries from Latin America. Yes. They've somehow managed to invade the middle of the United States all the way up to Cheyenne, Wyoming, from the Rockies to the Mississippi. So mm-hmm. this is the area they control. Mm-hmm. you got both coasts of the United States untouched. So the entire United States Navy is fine versus, you know, a couple, like maybe a million troops in the middle of the country. I'm like, I know how that war ends. That war ends <laughs> right. with the United States winning. There's no yeah. way the Russians could support right. an army across the ocean like that Well, it, with it's, us having our Navy but, but it's a different world. So NATO is non-existent. Right. NATO there's, just sits it out. They're not on the Russian side. They're just sitting it out. And then uh, there's like a like a wheat failure. It's in, a wheat failure in Ukraine. In, the, in Ukraine. Which is apparently something which is uh, ripped straight from the headlines. Something you have to worry about. Yep. They have uh, revolts in the Warsaw. But so, that, so, so America stands alone, basically, type of thing, right? With China and the United Kingdom, though. That's not insignificant. I know, right? That's pretty significant. Well. If you think about it, the Russians not, have to fight. China was different in 1984, though. China was dividend aid, but they were still, even after getting nuked, apparently, in this, there's still 600 million Chinese Yeah, there's people. a lot of people. Yeah, but, they're fighting but, Russia. But they don't have, I mean, they, they don't have the technology. They don't have, I don't know, China, China in 1984 had, I mean, they were riding bicycles and having yeah, ox no, carts. Yeah, I, I mean, they were, I they were. But I, I would be glad, backwards. I would be glad we had somebody helping us, yeah. especially someone with a ton of manpower like that in and, Eurasia fighting the Russians. And the UK, Russians, which is different UK, than right. uh, V for Vendetta, which. I never saw that. Uh, oh. You should see that. Should I? Yeah, yeah, you really should. There's a, you know how when you hover over Netflix now, they'll they'll give you like a clip mm-hmm. from a movie. Yeah. They were doing that. Viva Vendetta was at the top, and it, it hovered over, and it started. There was his speech, and he was using all these words that started with V. And I was like, yeah. I do not want to watch this. I was it's, like, this it's looks a good, really. It, you you would enjoy it. All right, have a couple of drinks, yeah. watch it. But in that in that, I'll enjoy anything about a couple <laughs> of drinks. In that scenario, uh-huh. it was America, basically, is as having like race riots and doing all this other stuff. Okay. Um, Doesn't it and, take place in England? Yeah, but but America can't help. Oh, okay. And they, they're not going to help America. You yeah, know? okay. Like, like, they no longer want to help America or something like that. Speaking so. of having a couple of drinks. Should we? Something we do on Toast in the Classics because we usually have a drink inspired. And one of the things I thought about doing was Stolichnaya because there's a scene where they've got a bottle of Stoli sitting behind them while they're talking at the, the house where all the Russians can't do that. No, we did those, that. We did it. But those bastards in, invaded Oh, by the way, they probably make it in Canada. I think Stolich and I is mostly made in Canada, I think so. the stuff that we actually. have. But they're actually changing their name to Stoli. We did Stoli for, uh, for Gulag Archipelago. We can't do that again. So I realized they take a, pot, a bottle of Jim Beam. Yeah. The grandpa gives them a bottle yeah. of Jim Beam, and, the, and uh, Colonel Andy is He says, uh, this will keep you warm at yeah. night. Yeah, exactly. So like I got yeah. me a little bottle of Jim Beam. Look that at I bought. that. I bought a couple of weeks ago and never finished, so Gee. now we have it. That's actually one of my favorite bourbons right there. Yeah, I like it just fine. So that's, that's Jim Beam White, which is the cheapest of all of them. Oh, yeah. Well, that's me. Um, oh, but, so they got the, the, the white being the middle of the label yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, okay. it's a white, right. white label. So that, that's like 80 proof. I mean, you know okay. it's good if it's in a plastic bottle, right? So a couple, couple of fun facts. Oops. They have studied this um, like a lot. Okay. And they found out that American tastes, consumer tastes, actually not just American, but consumer tastes, Respond best to 80 proof, which is what that is. Huh. 40% alcohol, 
by volume. We got a couple like Maker's Mark that's a little higher, right? Like yeah, those will be like 92 or 94 oh, that or something. Okay. Like that. But uh, yeah, kind of what we respond best to. Southern Comfort higher or lower proof than? I think it's higher, actually. I, I feel like it's like higher, might be right? 90, yeah. yeah. I, so I've like ha- I had that a couple of times in the last year, and it, it kind of tastes like cough syrup, but I also kind of enjoy it. I can't <laughs> quite decide what I think of it. But, but. but let me tell you why this is so special, because okay. I, I, I didn't think a lot of it until I went there. And this okay. and this isn't just like Jim Beam. This is also like Wild Turkey, same way, Jack Daniels, same way. you got to understand that look at how many of those bottles of the white label Mm-hmm. Are on on the shelf, right? There's dozens of them now. Multiply that by every grocery store in America. I mean, they they have thousands and thousands and thousands of cases going out of this stuff, and they all taste exactly the same. Now you know, in most places in America, you cannot buy, buy hard liquor at the grocery store. Not most places. Yeah, I think it's most places. In uh, my experience, I think most places you can. Uh, I think there are exceptional places you can't. I don't know. It's still. But in any case, still thousands and thousands of cases, okay? Now, to make this taste exactly the same is so difficult. You have the rotating barrels. Yeah, and stuff exactly. Like that. They, have to, they yeah. have to mix this barrel, which has like a spicy taste, to this barrel that has kind of a lighter taste. They mix them all together to get the exact same taste every single time. It's amazing that they can do that. Yeah. And it's people that do that. It's not robots. It's people that. Taste them and say, okay, this one blended with that one, blended okay. with that one. Can you imagine having that as your job every day, like tasting whiskey every day? For like a week, that would be fun. And that <laughs> might be kind of. For your entire life. Because <laughs> I, I, I might have to cut this, but sometimes I, I, I think to myself, like when we go to do a show, I'm mm-hmm. like, I wish we did a show that didn't involve alcohol because I really don't <laughs> feel like drinking right now. You know, like Really? A couple of times we've done one like in the middle of the day, and I'm like, I wish we were just going to go talk about a book and I didn't have to like. <laughs> To go pick up my kids after yeah. having a couple of drinks or something, you know. But wish it was like shaking hands with the classics. Start so we were talking well. about how ridiculous the strategic concept of the movie is. Yes. Right. Now, one of the things that they do to try to sell it a little bit mm-hmm. is revolution in Mexico. Yeah. Communist revolution in Mexico. If Mexico were to be a Soviet ally and a communist country, socialist. Well, revolution. whatever, whatever yeah. you're going to call it, but. If that were to happen, mm-hmm. that could be dangerous to the United States. That's about the only thing you could possibly imagine to strategically threaten the United States. Because mm-hmm. Canada, there's not enough people there. And also, it's just not, I just don't see that happening. But yeah. Mexico, was. Uh, we were always very careful to put our finger on the scales when the left was going too far in Mexico. We, yeah. were, we were very careful about that. Because that, that probably is the only thing you could imagine the Russians having any kind of chance of fighting right. here. And it was the thing that brought us into World War One, if you think about it. Yeah, well, that's true. The Zimmerman telegram, we thought maybe the Germans would go in through Mexico. All of yeah. a sudden, we were like, ooh, that, that could be dangerous. Like, yeah. that's, you know, generally speaking, the only thing that can threaten the United States is nuclear weapons. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody's going to fight us here. We're right. strong enough. We're usually fighting in their country. We're certainly not getting attacked here. But that's one thing that they did was that in that opening crawl where they're talking about the world, they talk about Mexico yeah. having a revolution. And then you're like, okay, if you got the Maybe. if Cuba yeah. and Nicaragua kind of took over Mexico and you had the manpower of Mexico and it was, you know, better equipped by the Russians, maybe that could be some well, kind. Well, especially of like so. You got to think back to 1984. Like Nicaragua was right. a thing. There's right, a, there right, was right. like yeah. a big revolution going on there. Absolutely, there were communists, and that was the whole Reagan thing. This the uh-huh. the, the, yeah. the running arms to the taking the money from Iran and sending yeah, it to all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, sending it to the um, Contras. You know, Nicaragua, like the whole Soviet kind of domino effect. Well, communist rather, not Soviet, but communist. A domino effect in South America, Central and South America. We sort of ridicule that idea these mm-hmm. days, but I'm not sure it was entirely unfounded in reality, uh, domino theory. And also, yeah. 
I think we're seeing again in this day and age that a lot of this, a lot of being afraid of communism had less to do with being afraid of communism than it did with like Russian expansion. The Russians were yeah. aggressively expansionist. Or, they or, still are to or, the extent that they yeah. can be. Um, or Chinese. I mean, Chinese in, in, in Southeast Asia. I think if know. we'd known about the Sino-Soviet split earlier, we wouldn't yeah. have been concerned about Vietnam. Yeah. I think our concern was that the Soviets and the Chinese were working together to take over countries in Asia, and we didn't realize the Russians really didn't have very much to do with right. it. And that was, that was kind of a big deal at the time because we were, we were fighting both of them in Korea. Like we had our pilots were up in the air fighting MIGs, and, not only yeah. Chinese MIG pilots, but Russian MIG yeah. pilots shooting each other down like a hot war between us and Korea. So I, mean, I think to some extent, Russia was just trying to expand into Korea. Yeah. You know, and they had already taken some territory from Japan in the, in the Second World War. And, you know, they moved into Finland well, they before had, they that. Had, never, they had huge ideas about what they could do right, and what they right. should do. Well, they had a gigantic, the biggest army that ever existed right. coming out of World War II. They could do yeah. anything they wanted, essentially. If we hadn't had nuclear weapons, I, they probably would have taken Europe. I don't know what we could have done. I don't think we would have fought that war. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But anyway, so the fear of communism, I, I don't think is as ridiculous as it seems now. This particular scenario to be mm -hmm. afraid of this mm -hmm. military conquest of the United States by Russia is pretty ridiculous. Yes. Now they do a really good job of selling it here. Yeah. It feels real. It's not played for laughs. It's like, it's like kind of scary and down. Mm -hmm. It's very grim. It's all the partisan stuff. It's, it's all things from World War II. Yeah. Just about everything that happens in this film is something from the Second World War grafted onto yeah, that's exactly America. What it is. Yeah. except there's some degree of nuclear exchange. Mm -hmm. uh, they do take out a bunch of cities, apparently. We mm -hmm. don't see anything about that, but apparently that happens. But it, it's isolated, and you as a viewer is kind of isolated as well. Right. Right. So Yeah, you're really just seeing one little corner of yeah. World War III, which is kind of neat when you think about it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of cool to have yeah. that in the background. You're like, oh, there's this whole war going on all over the world. Yeah, What's so, happening? You know? So when Powers Booth's character, Colonel yeah. Andy... Colonel Andy is apparently what he's called on IMDb. I thought he had a last name. Maybe he yeah. does, and I don't remember. Like when when he's given the briefing, you're like, oh, I like you're finding out about this right, stuff. Right, right, yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. It's like the way you'd get information. Yeah. They lose their radio. Right. They don't know what's happening. Nobody right. tells them. There's a control of information. Even when they go into town and talk to people, they get yeah. some information, but people don't know the whole world story. Right. So that was, I, that stuff's pretty fun. That's, that, that also interests me. It's like, oh, the scenario, the alternate mm. history scenario is kind of fascinating, right. kind of exciting, yeah. you know? And I think that the big thing about it that gets to a lot of people is that the reality of the Cold War and the reality, frankly, of what's going on with Ukraine today is that, I mean, you hope this is true. We're not going to fight. Russia and the United States are not going to fight. And the reason we're not going to fight is because of nuclear weapons, mm. Right. At some point, we're not going to have a, a knockdown, knock drag-out war because of that. Because everybody knows if it went the wrong way for one of the, one of the sides, they'd just start firing those missiles, and then it's all worth right. nothing, right? right? So the fantasy of this film is just what would happen if we got to fight it out, you know, conventional? Yeah. And it's just kind of— Mano a mano. Mano a mano. You yeah. know, it's just what would happen if we just fought it out like, like right. we did in World War II? And I think people just kind of, there's a, a Tom Clancy book, Red Storm Rising. Did you ever read that one? No, I haven't read that one. It's a huge, you know, written about this exact same time. And it's just, a, it's just conventional World War III between the United States and between NATO and the Warsaw Pact. And just yeah. plays out the whole war. And it's, instead of it being one town, he's got six or seven viewpoint characters that he hops around to them to show how the war is going all over. Mm -hmm. That was cool, too. I loved that when I was a kid. I read that over the course of like a day and it was like 800 pages long. I was like 12 and I was just like, oh, let's, I can't get enough <laughs> right, of this. Yeah. You know, it was really cool. But um, I love this movie when I was a kid. Okay. Um, so at least we're on the same page yeah, for yeah. when we were yeah. kids. All when, right. When, uh, when I was a kid, 
1984, 10 years old, saw this, perfect age to see this movie. Uh-huh. First movie that was rated PG-13. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah. In America, and that was pretty cool. Definitely would be an R today. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sure. violence in this movie. A lot of violence. It's not that graphic, the violence, though, is it? You I know, guess there's some bits that are pretty scary. So we're in southern New Mexico. Right. And at the time, in 1984, the town that you're in right now was probably about 40,000 people. It was okay. very small. Yeah. And we're kind of like sort of in the wilderness. I and mean, we're in the desert, but it's sort of in the wilderness. So you can kind of see yourself, like, put yourself in that in those shoes. Oh, yeah. And we every, used to, yeah. Every 10-year-old kid does that. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know, I could, you know. Yeah, we had a plan where we were going to go yeah, if the Russians exactly, came. And, right? Yeah, definitely. I had a lot of friend who were, friends who were, uh, and I never did, but I had a lot of friends who were deer hunters. Uh-huh. And so they were telling me all about it and the whole, you know, you know kill the deer with one shot and uh, drink the blood or whatever. Can you imagine if the Russians invaded this town the way they invaded one of these towns in Ukraine? How many dead Russians there'd be? Over you know, the course of a week from just they, – they showed there was a video of these three Russian soldiers walk into the backyard of this old Ukrainian couple. And the old man and the old lady, like, come out and they're, like, yelling at the Russians and, like, like mm-hmm. and they get them to turn around and leave. And I'm like, man, if you tried that in Texas or New Mexico, like, a couple of they, soldiers they, they, just they, walk into somebody's backyard, they're dead. Yeah. They're yeah, dead in a shot. second. They'd just be shot. Well, there, you know? there, was a, there was a famous quote. Look this up. Okay. Um, it's a famous quote. Uh, World War II. Oh, it was a general. Yamato? The, the uh, admiral might have been. He knew the United States pretty well. He, that's what he, you're... he he talked about something like there'd be an American, you know, behind every blade of grass or something like that. Look look that up. Just a blade of grass, Japan, World War Two, and 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 that's what you find. But, oh, behind but, every blade of grass. Yeah, behind every blade of grass. Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Okay. There would be a rifle behind each blade of blade of grass. Yeah. Right. It, it was like you know, it, I mean, World War Two happened. There are a ton of history projects where people have gone out and interviewed World War Two vets. Uh-huh. And tell me about you growing up. Like ninety percent of them talked about hunting. Yeah. Hunting rabbits, hunting squirrels, sure, hunting, yeah. you know, whatever. And it was it was in New York. I mean, there there were some you know exceptions like there could be Brooklyn in the middle of Brooklyn yeah, or something like that. City, but yeah. it, but I mean. For the, the majority of people came from very rural areas. There was a story and about uh, Sergeant York. Yeah. And he was talking about the, 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 day with, the day when he had his big fight, when he got his Medal of Honor, was essentially there was this German trench complex, and uh-huh. the guys kept coming up to try to get him, yeah. and he just pow, pow, Just pow, like the prairie shot. dogs or something like and that, he, right? And he said he, 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 in his mind he was remembering sitting outside a prairie dog bro when yeah. he was a kid. That's right. And just shooting them as soon as they pop didn't up. didn't he hit like 25? Something or, like that. Yeah, was, and then called was, artillery fire on his yeah, own position. Yeah, it was yeah, ridiculous. It was, I mean, it was pretty the guy hardcore. Was, the guy was really hardcore. But, but not even about marksmanship, but just about the possession of guns. Yeah. How many guns there are in this right. town. You, you'd need, did I don't you know, know that, how many troops to Did you know that New Mexico is the second most armed state in that, the nation. I, I would have thought it was number one. What's yeah. number one? Arizona? I, I think n- now number one's like Nevada or Montana or I mean, something It's like somewhere that. out here, yeah. It is out west. But I think it has to do with population too. Like you can't sure. have a like huge sure. population. Yeah. So it's, it's rural, you know, uh, sprawled. We were talking and, about this before. Like where I grew up, it was uh-huh. weird to have a gun. That'd be weird. Of course. You'd be yeah. like, why do you have a gun? Right. You know, like it wouldn't be like, oh, there, where's your dad's gun? You'd be like, yeah. why does your dad have a gun? That's <laughs> right, so weird. Right. Like, what is he, you know, like, wh- what would you have yeah, that yeah. for? It's just not, you yeah. live in the city. You just don't. It's even just cultural. It's yeah. not even so much that you couldn't use it for something. It's there's just a, cultural. There's, like, a, there's that scene in, at the very beginning where, where you know, the, everything's going. At, and they were 
you know, really smart. They go to a, a, a sporting goods store. Right, you know? right, right. The, the, they, anti, they just, the anti-gun, uh, yeah, anti-gun yeah. message there. Of, yeah, yeah. Or sorry, the... Pro-gun message. Pro-gun yeah. message, yeah. They, and they just start Go cleaning, get form 4334. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know. Find out everybody yeah. who's, who's uh, right. bought a gun and... Uh, do you know what uh, Milius, the director, do you know what his uh, fee for the movie was? What was? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't for this movie. It was for Dirty Harry. No, it was for this. No. The one that I heard for this movie. Oh, was it? Mm, uh, Dirty Harry's before this. Yes. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it was for... I think it's if you're gonna say if you're gonna say what I think you're gonna say. One point two five million dollars and the gun of his choice. Okay, that was for Red Dawn. The gun, no, the gun was for uh, Dirty Harry. Ah, okay. It was probably one point five million for this. Yeah, but I think the gun was for Dirty Harry because he he wrote Dirty Harry, which which was he did he did. Well, we read different things, but yeah, that what I read was this. It was this movie. Yeah, the director was a gun nut. Yeah, and he demanded. For one of the movies, either this movie or a previous movie that had to do with a lot of guns, he demanded a very fine gun. But it didn't say what kind of gun he no, got. No, I didn't know. I didn't get to see that. It, it was like a it, really expensive, it's also, I think, like, uh, fine was gun. Like uh, maybe apocryphal. Yeah. Sorry about the gun. I don't know if that yeah. actually happened. But I, I thought that was funny. Do you know where he makes his appearance in the movie, his cameo? Huh. Uh, at the beginning of the movie, when they're in the classroom, and the mm-hmm. guy's talking about, you know, like, the, the Mongols, they got themselves into a pretty good frenzy. You know, when he's yeah. giving that speech, like, if you look, there's, like, a bust of Genghis Khan on the drawing. Okay. That's John Milius. Oh, it's really? his face with, like, a Genghis Khan helmet on. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice that. So that's his little uh, Hitchcock moment. You're going to need some ice for that. Yeah, once more. Some ice for that. Oof, better slow up. I almost brought the rest of the bottle of Wyoming whiskey, and I was like, we're not going to finish this much. I really do want to talk about Milius. Is it Milius? Milius? Milius is how I read it, yeah. Milius? Milius sounds Lithuanian. He's Jewish. Lithuanian Jew could be. Yeah, I think Second so. Lithuanian yeah. Jew we've had on the show recently. We had a, uh, wasn't Jolson? Al Jolson was a Lithuanian Jew, if I remember right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, or Lithuanian, Latvian, <coughs> Estonian. I, get, I, I have but to what admit, was, what was my Jolson's, What was Jolson's real name, though? It, it oh, it was a mouthful. It was like five no. syllables. No, yeah. 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 A, lot, a lot of consonants. I, um, I, <laughs> I do it. have some linguistic abilities, but that is not one of them. So, yeah. Well, this particular gentleman, okay, milieu, milieus. <laughs> All right. So aside from apparently, he hung out with an interesting milieu when he was in Hollywood. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. God. Thank you. I will be here all the week. If aside from demanding guns, so the guy was uh, prolific, right? Right. So he wrote Conan. Yep. The yep. Barbarian. Conan, uh, the Barbarian, not Destroyer. We can't pin that on him. It's Which just the first one. Terrible. Yeah, the first yeah. one's great. Although, Apocalypse Now, though. Apocalypse Now is pretty impressive, but all of this stuff is adaptation. Uh, Almost every one of these things we're talking about, because Conan is obviously adapted from Robert E. Howard. Apocalypse Now is an adaptation of uh, Heart of Darkness to some extent. He wrote, what was the one with Robert Redford? uh, I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about this before, and I I (laughs) think it's the Mountain Man. He wrote Rome, which is pretty good. 1941, which is not, from what I've heard. Just do Robert Redford, Mountain Man. I don't think that has anything to do with John Milius, though. It does. It's the meme. The meme where, where, where like, when, so, with meme? when someone says something that's like, uh, I'm trying to think of how you <laughs> use that one. It's like when someone <clears throat> says something and you turn around and you smile at them. Like, it's like this picture of Robert Redford. He looks really stocky <clears throat> in this, like, crazy suit that he did. He turned around and smiled at the camera. Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you very much. I think that's the. I think that's where the meme's from. I'm sure it's where, where it's from. But he wrote that, like, that's an original screenplay. Like, he wrote ah, that. Oh, okay. And it was, it's. Become a big thing. I mean, well, not I mean, become, become a, a meme. This one. Yeah. I've seen this one. one, right? You know what I'm talking about there. 
that was from his movie. It is it is based <laughs> is on really funny I think it's based on like a like a real person or a real movie. It looks like, like Zach, Zach Galifianakis. It sort of does, yeah. How fat did Robert Redford let himself get there, man? Mm. I mean, you know, we all have hard times, but So Milius uh he he's Jeremiah Johnson but yeah. also Conan the Barbarian. Come on, man. I don't know why you're so hung up on this Jeremiah Johnson thing because he's done a whole bunch of movies people have actually heard of. <laughs> That's a great movie. I mean, it might be a great movie. It's but a it's, fantastic it's movie. It's not the most famous. He did Apocalypse Now what? and Conan the Barbarian. Wait, I feel like what? That's, Apocalypse what? Uh, Apocalypse at some point. I don't know. Eventually, there'll be an Apocalypse. Apocalypse. I think it's called. I've Apocalypse Manana. That's oh, what it would okay. be in New Mexico. New Mexico, that, that's yeah. what it would be. <laughs> it's trying to be oh, sure. ladies and gentlemen, the whiskey. <laughs> the whiskey. This is the problem with having an alcohol-related podcast. <laughs> Things devolve. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, so would you, where would you like to spend the winter? Would it be the mountains of Colorado if you were going to go hide out somewhere? Would you head right up into those uh, okay, sub-Arctic? Is there a versus, though? I mean, like, you can't, you can't just say, you know, this place. Or nothing. I mean, I just can't imagine a worse place to fight a war. Slim Pickens. Colorado mountains in the riding, winter. Running a bomb down to wherever he was going to blow up. I mean, that would be he pretty bad. He looks like bad. he's having fun. Yeah. He looks like he's having a good yeah, time. That, yeah. that, that was, yeah. that it did look like a lot of fun. But, I mean, the whole world's going to blow up. You might as well enjoy it. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is, uh, by the way, advice for us probably coming except up the, Except for the, uh, yeah. The war room? Yeah, the war so room. There's no fighting. No fighting. The war room. Let's war not room, talk yeah. about the movie. We should definitely do at some point, by the yeah. way. That's a good okay. one. Sorry. Yeah, no, I would not want to be up in those mountains. But one of the gripes I always have with this movie mm-hmm. that you're reminding me of because we're talking about the end of the world, which is happening okay. here in 2022. One of the gripes I always have with this movie is that the Russians seem just incompetent. Just absolutely oh, incompetent. You know, you know? They are not at all incompetent. In fact, they they send their best archaeologists as forward soldiers. Oh yeah, that scene is hilarious. By the way, <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. Where he's translating is, that sign. He's yeah, like, yeah, this this yeah. an army of cowboys and, yeah, and capitalists right. come across yeah. the plains and fight this the Indians. Is, it was the biggest polished, battle of the American. This is polished horn, or this is polished boat, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. They melted down the brass of the of the. Uh, of it's the, the melted Cossack sabers, yeah, the Cossack sabers, yeah. the capitalist sabers. That bit is actually that's a that's a funny. That's a bit. really good when he good reads part. that sign, and it's like a Soviet version of American history. With Do you feel sorry for him at all? Giant bat. Yeah, he's there, a human there, being. A, you know? a, well, there's a couple of points, and it's not always Jed that does it. I mean, not to get too serious, but uh-huh. when I watch these drone videos of Russian tanks getting blown mm-hmm. up and stuff. My first thought is like, oh, yes, go get them, you know. But then I'm like, it is like some 19-year-old kid sitting in that yeah, tank that's getting blown right. up. But then again, he should know better than to invade people's countries, I guess, is what unless, you think. Unless he's being told that he's going into to denazify someplace. You know what? Right. If you if you believe that crap, I got a bridge to sell you. You know, yeah, if, you're, that, if you're dumb enough, well, to, to swallow that well, line. What's the public like, education like? You in know, that? you're going into somebody else's. What's country? the public education like in Russia? Well, it's the Russians telling you what pretty, they want you to pretty think. Pretty much, but, right? So I, you know, I do feel but, a little bit sorry for them, but like, but you know two what parts you're doing. You, you know what you're doing when you when you when you aim your your two, two artillery parts barrel movie, at somebody's apartment. Two building. parts of that movie, exact same thing happens. Uh-huh. Jed like, you know, cocks back the the six gun. Yeah. Pops off some guy yeah. uh, right through his hair. It's it's that one, and then it's like the Spetsnaz and his, oh, yeah, and yeah, his yeah. buddy. Now he, those he guys, his friend, yeah, the Spetsnaz guys. Yeah. Those guys are incompetent for Spetsnaz for for special forces. Yeah, you know they you go up there and the, and the and the Wolverines just chew them up. Yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, like the special forces couldn't handle a couple of high school kids. Like Dude, I know they're not on no, their own terrain. A couple, but, they're like six. Come on. 
Yeah, but I mean, still, you know, they, they get carved up like peasants, you know, like, I mean. Yeah, but they're from Colorado. Oh, they're on their home and, turf. And they're, they're on their home Colorado. turf, I know. But but I just feel like that that was the one place where I was like, really? The Russians would be, the, I, I feel like. Yeah. But then I'm watching this war in Ukraine, and I'm like, I don't know if our guys wouldn't have just mopped these guys up. Yeah. They seem to not be able to handle the sort of basic stuff. When you look at World War II and the, the Soviet, the Red Army is very, very powerful, but you're like, was any of their power based on like being particularly good at what they did, or was it just having <laughs> sheer volume? millions of yeah, guys? Yeah, you sheer know, volume, like, yeah, yeah. you had 10 tanks for every, yeah. you know. Did you, Speaking of Milius, did you hear about the bunny story when he was yeah. casting the female actresses? Yeah. They had him come in and uh, when oh, God. They, he'd tell him. I don't want to know. Oh. Yeah, no, it didn't go so there. Me that, too? Right. That's what yeah. I was thinking. No, there's a, yeah, no, there's no me too. Okay. Associated. I'm sure Millian right. seems like, I mean, he's a conservative weirdo with guns. He's probably pretty <laughs> me too oriented. But, um, we know a couple of those. We do. We do. Um, but he would have them. He'd, he'd say, imagine yourself in the woods and there's a bunny. And you have to kill it in order to survive. And if they had any kind of negative reaction, like, ew, or, or anything, they didn't get the job. And wow. I guess Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson were just hardcore. They were, nice. like, they were like, yeah, kill the bunny. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he was go. like, that's the kind of girls that are going to be wolverines. You can't, you can't be a wolverine. It's kind of true. You can't be a shrinking violet. Kinda true, you know? yeah. So this is a big difference between the, the remake of Red Dawn. Okay. Is they had a couple of women, and it was the same kind of composition of the squad. But when you look at the pictures of it, the girls in the new version are wearing makeup. Hmm. They're out fighting as gorillas, and they're wearing makeup. And you look at Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson in this. They look like two girls that have been in the wilderness for yeah for no, a couple they, of months. They, they look tired. And, they that's a that's yeah. a that's a like a a brave choice. Like yeah. when you're putting this movie together, you got these beautiful like young women that are right. actors, and you're just like, no, you look like everybody else. You know. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. I thought there was a little bit of authenticity that they yeah. used to do in movies in the old days that they wouldn't do today. They definitely would. They'd be wearing makeup. They'd be they'd be well, fighting the lot, Russians. You, you and, know, actually, sorry, the, the North Koreans. <laughs> there's a lot in this movie. Think about this. So everything was like a an actual prop in this movie. So they blew up real stuff. There's no CGI. Right? That's right. Yeah. But you know, it, they couldn't get real Russian equipment. They built it. They had. They took. But they, apparently, they built it really well. They built it real. Did you hear the story about yeah. how well they built it? Okay. So apparently, um, he was flat betting like a. T whatever it was tank. Um, they had the T seventy twos, I think. T seventy two, and the I can never remember the abbreviation for it, but those really cool looking um, the armored cars that they have, the BR, BRV, right. BTV, something like that. Like, so he he built those. He yeah, he couldn't really get them. Yeah. So he, he built them. Same and, with the and, helicopters, by the way. And Milius was like really into like the equipment. Like he was really into. It all looks the cool. Specs. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks cool. And he knew that. Yeah. And so he built it out. And so they flatbedded it to the soundstage somewhere in, in California, and apparently, like a CIA officer, yeah, like, followed him in. Yes. It was like, like, where did you get this equipment? Right. Yeah. You know, we want to talk to you, stuff like that. What did so, that guy think was going on? That guy's whoever that is, an what idiot, a dumbass. I, I hope yeah. he he doesn't work for the CIA anymore. You're in LA. Yeah. And you see some Russian equipment right. go by, you don't think to yourself, you're like, this is probably mm, an invasion yeah. by a Russian yeah, unit. You don't think like, I'm in freaking Hollywood. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. That'd be right. my first thought. Have you ever driven out to San Diego? One of the two big cities you go to from here on the interstate, and there's this tank museum. It's this really tank cool tank museum tank in the middle museum. of the desert, off of one of the exits. It's either on I-8 going well, towards there, San Diego. No, I think it's going towards L.A. And well, it's just okay. before, there's okay. this big area of casinos. Okay, before hold, you get to so there's um, there's I hold not on. Coachella you know where Coachella is yeah, yeah it's like before that there's I hold on this there's, is on ten there's on ten this is on ten yeah okay so 
there's that place that patent stops. Yes. Yeah, yes. patent trained yes. everybody, yeah. and there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. That's yeah. a cool that's one. really yeah. neat yeah, yeah I've, I've never actually the gone and stuff yeah, like I've never that. actually yeah. gone into the museum but there's a whole bunch of tanks and i'm always like uh, we're always in a hurry to get somewhere so well, we always it, stop at that gas station yeah me too for some reason yep. it's like between phoenix and that uh that would be because there's nothing else anywhere <laughs> nothing near else, it for like right. 200 miles and yeah. uh that's why it's like another 50 cents it's like the jornada de muerto like you're gonna stop yeah, at the gallon. one place for yeah, yeah but there's but there's all those great tanks Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like a, the the M1 Shermans. Absolutely. And like there was a um, there's in- a there's a really cool story about okay. that. So uh, he was there training. This is uh, I think it was actually was it before? He, yeah. Well, it was well before he was deployed. Obviously. So uh-huh. he was there. He was there training like uh, first armored or something like that. Uh, what's cool about that? If you stop there, uh, they have this whole explanation about he was he was training the first armor division, and he couldn't get any parts, and apparently. America was so broke at the time, mm-hmm. uh, he ordered, like, these parts himself through Sears Roebuck. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, with his own money, and he paid yeah. for it, and he got, like, these, like, it was just, like, nuts and bolts or something stupid yeah, yeah. like that from Sears to, you know, put his his tanks together to, to sure. finish his training and stuff. So, anyway. It's a nice thing about capitalism, right? There's always somebody out there selling right. everything, right? And, and I do recommend if you have a chance to stop off there, it's really cool. One thing that I thought was a big bummer, uh-huh. uh, which is a future thing from this movie, but Jennifer Grey. Yeah. I had a giant crush on her when I was a kid. Like I saw, a, yeah, I, I, she's yeah, cute in this, and I saw Dirty Dancing, and like I was like, I just. Are you going to talk about her nose? Yes. Uh, she had it done. Yeah, I know. And I've seen like pictures of her later, and she's like still a pretty lady, but like that was a distinctive feature of her. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, you don't have to do that. There's plenty of shiksas out here that no, like that kind of look. She was so like, beautiful. Yeah, she oh was super God. cute. Like, yeah, terrible, terrible. I, decision. I had such a crush on her. Yeah. Uh, so underrated part of this movie. Underrated part. Underrated of this part of this movie. I'd like to put out there is it's one of the great ugly cries of all time. <laughs> what the avenge me? No, no, no. When Patrick Swayze's like sitting there in the snow after he has to oh. shoot Daryl, and he's like, <laughs> it's like I'm like. There's a, there's actually a lot. That's of cr- what as a, as a man, that's what I'm afraid would ever happen if I let myself cry. There, I'd let out some piercing yeah. shriek or I'd, a, a big glob of snot would come there's out a, of my nose. There's or, a lot of crying in this movie. But there is. The guys, there like is. At the very end when they they're on play the, it. These, there's some great yeah, young actors yeah. in this, and they play the movie hundred percent seriously. Yeah. There's no tongue in cheek, no yeah. nothing about it. It's just completely played seriously throughout. Yeah. Like how people would act if this terrible situation happened right. to them, you know? I mean, one thing I never noticed before, I was thinking about having this for my best surprise, but I don't know. You know how they have partisan rock yeah. where they carve the names of the dead. Mm-hmm. I never noticed that. So when they decide they're going to do a diversion in the town to let Danny and uh, not Jennifer Grey, Leah Thompson escape mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, uh-huh. Patrick Swayze carves his name and his, brother's, and his brother's name into the rock. And I never realized that's where they write the names of the dead. And he right. writes their names onto it before they die, and then they go and get themselves killed yeah. in town. I never realized that before. I was like, oh, I thought they were just writing everybody's names on the rocks. Yeah. But I was Suicide. Like, oh, no, no they, they knew they were Yeah. Go I was die. like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, um, yeah, that's like kind of a little – I just never noticed that before. There's yeah. a couple little things. There's, there's a bit at the end, so their last uh, gunfight, which is essentially, I would say, the first level of GoldenEye. Yes. Where you go after the yeah. dam and you just kill Russians. Right. like. That's that, you know, the yeah. tank comes after you and stuff, and you gotta kill everybody yeah. on the tank. They go after that whole town and they fight like the whole town. 
and they have all these gunfights with like all the officers that have been throughout them. They yeah. fight each one of them like yeah. individually. There's one of the guys who's kind of like Bea's like second in command, I think. I don't know the name. But Charlie Sheen, the the real mousy looking, ratty looking yeah, yeah. bad guy, yeah. is coming out of that bunker, and Charlie Sheen fires the RPG into it to kill him. Yeah. But the other dude is running up behind him and gets the RPG backfire right in the, the face. face. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I never noticed that before. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what happens yeah. to that dude. Yeah, that so that guy might live, but he's, yeah. he's, he has problems. Yeah, he's you pretty know? messed up. Yeah. I, do, what do you think about uh, Colonel Bayo? His conversion. It's like, a, I'd like to be somewhere sunny, you know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, like yeah. that whole thing. Like Everything um, that dude has seen in the revolutions in Cuba and Nicaragua right. and Mexico probably, and all of a sudden he doesn't want to shoot Patrick Swayze, he suddenly at the end gets God there about how yeah. he shouldn't be killing people. Is that realistic? Well, the, I, mean, I, I mean, he's dying anyway, right? No, he's not. He's fine. He's the one that li- Oh, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they're all yeah, dying yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, but he's like um, throws down his gun. He's like, vaya con Dios, you know, and he's like yeah. never wants to fight again. I'm like... Why? All the terrible things you must have done throughout the 70s and 80s to get to this point. Well, he, he sort of like they sort of make it look like he is doing the bidding of the Russians. Yes. Like he is a pawn of the Russians. Wouldn't he have always been that in Cuba and Nicaragua and right. El Salvador? And, and, that, and, all the other... and that sort of maybe that's sort of one of the messaging things for the, in 1984, middle of the Cold War, right? Why is it suddenly different that he's in America is what I'm saying. That's from our perspective. We're like, now you're doing this to Americans. That's terrible. It's like, well, you did it to Cubans. Yeah, and yeah. Nicaraguans and like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's I don't just, really, I know. guess I'm just saying I don't buy it. I, just, I, I don't buy it either. But it's like, you, you can't, you know. I think this guy's a hardcore revolutionary. When, some, when it, somebody has know. a change of mind, you know, they have a change of mind. You can't, you can't. I mean, I'll welcome into the fold. You know, he can come right. play for the Yankees right, if he right. wants. But I'm I just know, saying. But, like, but, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, you can't can't schedule these things, right? And no. so. Did you he, ever play uh, Modern Warfare? No. Xbox game from back in the day? So Modern Warfare, okay. I think it was Modern Warfare 2, had this great level mm-hmm. where an ultra-nationalist group of Russians somehow invaded the United States. And not only is the level called Wolverines, right? So you're in an American oh, right, Special right, Forces right, right, unit right, fighting right. these Russians that are yeah. like, but it, they're landing in Northern Virginia. Oh, so it's like my hometown yeah. in this video game. And I, I remember that when I saw that was happening in the game, I was like, oh, I'm going to like this. Yeah. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so you're like walking yeah. around, like you get in this gunfight on the George Washington Bridge because they attack New York too. And there's these Russians coming across the bridge and you're fighting them as you go. And I was just like, oh man, like this yeah. is... This is lovely. Everything I ever wanted yeah. from a video yeah. game, like <laughs> right. to be in Red Dawn for a couple of minutes, like uh, that was really. good. I love that. So they talk about why this war happens, uh-huh. and he's like, two two biggest kids on the block. Sooner or later, they're gonna fight. And he's right. like, oh, I right. guess everybody maybe just forgot what it was like. I always had this terrible theory because I was like, in 1980, in 1984, whatever, there were a ton of people alive who'd been alive for World War II. Mm-hmm. Tons of people remembered yeah. what war is like. Right. Right? I remember looking at history and being like, well, the Revolutionary War happened in 1780. 80 years in the future. 1860, you get the Civil War. 80 years in the future, you get World War II. And I was always like, people will forget and we'll have another big war in 2020-something. And I feel like... Here we are. I was, I was so right, and I hate that. Like I'm like, yeah. I really hope that's not true. Because I feel like it's been so long. You know, me and you are a little older than the guys that would do the actual fighting. Yeah. So there's all these 20-year-olds. They're like, I don't know anything about war. I never talked to anybody who's ever seen a war. Mm-hmm. Maybe this would be fun. Something I used to think about when I was a kid. That scares me. I hope that's not what's happening right now. But 
Yeah, well, and, and I hope they don't try to invade Colorado because they get their ass kicked. That's as, right. As That's right. This movie That's right. You better shows. Not, better not bring that Keystone Cop <laughs> army stuff into, into <laughs> my, right. my neck of the right. woods. Okay, so so there was a, a recent poll, uh-huh. and it said, uh, you know, it asked people their political party. Uh-huh, right. And then it asked if there was a invasion. Black Panther Party, by the way, is the answer for me. If there was an invasion uh-huh. in the U.S., right. would you stay and fight or would you split? Have you, have you heard about this poll? No, split where? Where are you going? Let's go somewhere else. Go to Canada, go to Mexico, uh, go, okay. just go somewhere. Right. So the, well, the, who's the, invading? Is it the Danish? Know. Because if the Danish know. invade, I might welcome them with open well, arms. Do they bring Danishes? Ah, that, that would be the question. That's true. Right? Bicycles, free bicycles for yeah. everyone, blondes. So I think the uh, the question had to do with, like, if it was invaded by a foreign aggressive power and they were, like, right. killing it, just like Ukraine. Yes. So something like that happened here. What would you do? Would you stay and fight? Would you split? And what would you do? Uh, me, personally? No, no, no. Oh, no, well, no, you're that, just that, saying that, this that is what the survey was. So, yeah. so, okay, got it. So I'm, I'm going to let you guess. Okay. okay. Republicans Democrats. I mean, I think I know where this is going, right? Sure. I mean, obviously, I, no, no. What, what would you say? Like, uh, like, uh, that the Democrats would be not fight, but you know, I, that's not. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> Why? I'm I pretty sure. Anything, I'm right? pretty sure most people, if confronted with an invading enemy, would fight the enemy. Do you think so? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Despite what they actually said, it's they like would do? it's like what we were talking about with the um, the. So, so 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 you're saying like, despite what they said they would do, they would still do that. I think so, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think most people would do what's happening in Ukraine. I mean, if somebody invaded us and they had no right to be here and they were trying to, like, add us to their empire. Even if they say that they wouldn't do that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think people would change. It's like people who were people who were anarchists, people uh-huh. who were communist, people who were anti-war before mm-hmm. the First World War. Like in, in Russia, for instance, mm-hmm. the second the war started, mm-hmm. suddenly were huge Russian patriots. You know, there's this there's this big break in all these anarchist groups there because people just literally dropped it. They were just like, no, I'm yeah. defending Mother Russia. Like the second there was a I like fight. That. That's, I, I that's, think, a, that's I, a great answer. You know, I think people would do the same I thing mean, the, 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 and I, I'm, I'm not going to do the, the whole stupid partisan thing, but it came out with like 55% of Americans generally. Right. And, and that was over all the parties, everything else, would stay and fight. The rest yeah. will leave. It's a bit disturbing. You know, you'd want, just not, you, I mean, if you'd, somebody, you'd want to have more. If you're, if you're living in Kiev right but, now, right, and you got yeah. the Russians coming and your little grandma can't leave the city. Right. And the Russians are coming and they're bombing everybody's city. Right. You're going to fight. There's yeah. no politics about it. You're going to yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Right. What's the question? You know, I mean, right, right. I think that's what it would be if we're talking about the situation. Like I hope that. so. Nobody would not like defend their home. I mean, that's, I ho- yeah, I hope so. That's kind well, of well, I was thinking that well, when I was talking well, about that video game. I remember like thinking about yeah. that sequence in that video game. And I was like. I don't know why this dawned on me, but I was like, oh, I would have no questions about fighting in this yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. I don't want to go fight a war of choice in a place like Iraq. I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the guy to go do that. I don't know if I believe in that cause. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing there. I don't yeah. want to die no, I, for I, nothing. I, I get it. But if somebody comes and attacks me here, I'd send my wife and my kids on a train you know, to the rear, yeah. and I'd, I'd be grabbing a rifle. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't even think about it, you know, because if I die, it's like that you died for something. Those guys, those guys on that little island, remember in the first couple of days of the war? They didn't die. They didn't, but I mean, I'm just saying when 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 they were like, uh, you know, they're like, uh, you know, you have to surrender, like stand down, and the guy like turns around, and he's like, he's like, 
what, what do I say to these people? And he's like, and he's like, Rush, Russian warship, like, go F yourself. And I'm like, you know what? Nobody gets a chance to die like that. Yeah. We're all going to die. Like, if I could die like that, I think I would take that today. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, that, that sucks that I'm done, but we're all going to die, and at least I went out that way. Right. I, don't, I wouldn't, like, have a lot of reservations about that. I would, I'd be like, okay. So if there was any kind of, like, attack on my country, then you fight, you know? Ever tell you the thing about my family and my, the military experience of my family, mm. which is we have this really long, illustrious history in the United States military. Mm. Right? Like people winning Medal of Honor and stuff like that, like right up until conscription ended. Because MacArthur's don't go fight a war as volunteers. Uh-huh. Force us to fight the war and we'll be one of the best soldiers in the Army. But we're not going to go do it. Like, <laughs> you're not going to be like, we're fighting this war and we'll be like, rah, rah, let's go get them. You know, like it's, it's like... If you force us to do it, we're yeah. pretty good at the job. But, like, there was a, a guy uh, in the Civil War. My ancestor was in northern Alabama. Mm-hmm. This guy, James Shelby MacArthur. The war started, and he was like, I'm, I'm out. I live in the south. I don't want to fight for the north. But at the same time, I don't want to fight for slavery. So I'm just sitting this thing out. And then the, the Confederacy started conscripting people. Yeah. So we got together a bunch of guys, created a cavalry regiment, joined the Union. And huh. fought and like fought illustriously through the war, but he didn't want anything to do with the fight. But he, yeah. but once once he had to be in it, chose his side and figured it you know, out. Yeah. Do we want to talk about our biggest surprise? Yeah. Do you have a surprise? Do I have a surprise? Did anything surprise you about this film? I don't. I don't think about the film. Really, it's about the director. The director was a huge part of this. Okay. Um, yeah. Millions. Yeah, this guy is. Uh, you know, he like I said wrote Dirty Harry and and mm-hmm. everything else. Also, Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Okay. okay. So, Conan the Barbarian. Maybe not. You've seen that movie? I have, yeah. Okay. You know what the greatest joy in life is? It's to just, see your enemies driven before you, <laughs> to no, hear the no, lamentations of their no, women. No, no. The, uh, his sidekick in that movie, the Asian guy. Or the, no, the little guy. There's two. There's the shaman, and then there's yeah. like the little thief guy. The thief guy. Okay. All right. Thief All guy. Right. That thief guy is not, actually- Not Asian to my knowledge, maybe. <laughs> he kind of looks like Cheech. He's a, no, he's a surfer, man. So uh, that guy is a professional surfer. Oh, okay? nice. Milius or Milius or whatever was also like a professional surfer. Oh, he looks like it. Did you know that? No, he doesn't look like it. Well, yeah. you know what, though? Mark Twain was talking about the original surfers he saw in Hawaii yeah. and how these great big fat guys like surfing <laughs> on the waterboards. So maybe yeah, Milius is the ideal. Yeah. Maybe he's the ideal surfer. What do you think of Harry Dean Stanton showing up? That's pretty awesome. That guy's badass. Yeah, he's great. That's Except a great that, bit. that particular part. He's really only in that one th- short that, bit. That part is the stupidest part in the world. Okay. Why? Okay. Let's sneak up here really quick. Everybody's looking for us. And then yell. Let's look at Avenge me! <laughs> Avenge me! Dumbest doggone part in the entire movie. Okay. Because. No. You know what the dumbest you, know dumb, you know what the dumbest part of the movie is? What? See Thomas Howell. Okay. Going out like a boss as that hind comes down the canyon, it's opening up with its Wolverine! like fifty millimeter cannons yeah, yeah, on him, yeah. you know? And he's standing there like shooting back with the AK yeah. in front of a huge boulder. Just stand behind the boulder. That, that he could step behind? Just get behind the boulder. I don't think he wanted to live anymore. Yeah, but make it more complicated for the helicopter. I, I think, him a I think bit. Harry like, Dean Stanton also didn't want to live anymore. That well, might that might be one is actually, not avenged you know when one is alive. So you know what the the sub suicidal tendencies of all the freaking characters in oh, this yeah. movie. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like like Harry Dean Stanton. It's like, what's your biggest surprise? 
Oh, my biggest surprise is um, probably there was a couple of things that I talked about earlier. The guy getting hit with the backfire from the RPG. I don't know why I never noticed that before. <laughs> There's a couple so little funny. things with the plot that I hadn't noticed before. Like, what? like when the guy gets killed, when the major, when the colonel gets killed, Ooh. when uh, Colonel Andy gets killed. The tank. The whole I was tank like, thing. I never yeah. understood why do they? Why are they crossing this battlefield? But yeah. apparently, I think there's a scene that's been cut where he decides he's going to exfiltrate and go back to the Air Force. Okay. Because they're like, he's like, oh, are you coming with me? They're like having a conversation. Like, are you sure about this? You coming with me? I'm like, where is this? There, this didn't happen. But there was a romance between Jennifer Grey and his character. Was and it I, Jennifer Grey or Leah Tom? Tom? I think it's Leah Thompson. It's Leah Thompson, yeah, you're right. Leah Thompson. Uh, there's supposed to be a romance, and they cut the scenes yeah. um, because it's kind of creepy because they're supposed to be teenagers. Right. So it's yeah. a little so weird. Also, he's married. Used to be. Well, as far as he knows, he's still married. Yeah. It's only been like a month. How <laughs> how long do you have to be disappeared from your wife before it's okay to hook up with teenagers? Two days. Okay, two days. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. But uh, I, I never realized that that was like they're trying to exfiltrate him, like to get him out, yeah. to get him back to the army. I never. There were a couple of little things about the plot that I didn't really understand before that I sort of picked up on this viewing. Right. There's not a whole lot of surprises. Uh, the John Milius uh, Genghis Khan head that was kind of surprising. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Not a whole lot. I mean, I really know this movie. I watch this yeah. movie a lot. I made the mistake, my little nephew, we were playing Modern Warfare, and I told him about the reference to Wolverines. He was like, what's that movie? And I was like, oh, it's about America getting invaded by the Russians. It's awesome. And he was like, let's watch that. <laughs> and he's like seven. Oh, geez. And so I sat down with him and my daughter. She was, she's a year or two older than him. And we watched it, and it was like 20 minutes into it, I was like, this was a bad decision. Like, this is a, <laughs> this is a dark, scary movie. Like, this is not uh, fun. Yeah. Like, I thought it was just like a war movie, and I was like, no, it's, yeah. it's a bleak, sure, like, really dark movie. And so, you know, they watched everything, but everybody, they just kind of walked away, like, real quiet. <laughs> I was like, it like, yeah, might have been a mistake. Yeah, well. Anyway, yeah. so um, the question we ask on Toast in the Classics, and I am the foister. You're the yes. foisty. So this yeah. is up to you. And I hate to leave this up to you because I think this is a terrific movie. I love this one. I loved all the actors in it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it stands up despite being a very historical moment where it makes sense. But I have to put the ball in your coit. Because coit. In your coit. I have to put the ball in your coit. I have to put the ball in your coit. I got to put the ball in your coit because you're the foisty. So you're right. the foisty. So I'm handing it over to you. And I got to let you decide. Are we toasting this classic? Have you given me enough? Could you, hey, before we talk about this most important part of the podcast, mm -hmm. could you please crinkle up a freaking bag really loudly next to the microphone? Yeah. yeah. yeah Thank you. Yes. 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 Exactly. Oh, that's good radio. Yeah. <sighs> Are well, we uh, toasting this classic? Yeah. Wriggle your hand around in the ice. Why not? <laughs> I'm having flashbacks of Enter the Dragon. Are we toasting this classic? What do you think? Are we going back to the 80s? Do we remember what it was like to live under nuclear fear? Do we God, like the, you know, you the catharsis of getting to watch ourselves fight the Russians conventionally and kick the crap out of them? Does you know, that still work for you? You know what's funny is um, today I was out at my parents' house. Okay. And I was going through all this, like all the stuff from my, my old bedroom and stuff. And I, I, I came across. Coincidentally, 65 issues of 1982 Circa Penthouse are on sale on eBay tonight. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. That'd probably make a little bit of money. Yeah. Okay, so what am I going to, am I going to toast this? Yeah, I'm going to toast this. Okay, that's God what I'm talking bless. about. That's yeah, what I'm talking absolutely. about. We're 80s kids. we got to toast yeah, this stuff. Toast I have us. to say, though, I'm glad that the millennials can watch this movie now and appreciate it sort of like we did. Well, because right now. This, this movie, not 2012. No, that's this it, movie. So bad. Yeah, it's so terrible. poorly done. 
there, it's all shot in interiors yeah. for some yeah. reason. I don't. It's just because because is, we didn't talk. A fantastic movie. We didn't talk about this, but the cinematography and the landscapes in yeah. this movie yeah. are a big character. Right. The Colorado, or I guess it's New Mexico landscape, is just gorgeous. Like yeah. northern New Mexico and the mountains, everything's just knockout. By the way. Don't come to, to New Mexico. It's, it's, it's terrible. Now. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. terrible now. Yes. Yeah, it's all Which, by the way, now. is the attitude of most people in New Mexico. And yeah. it's the only reason why we're the only state in the entire Southwest that does not have a growing economy and population. Yeah. Because everybody's like, no, don't, don't, come, yeah. don't come here. Yeah. This is it's, our thing. It's terrible. This is here. our thing. Yeah. It's, it's, we're, we're saying we're toasting this classic. We're toasting this it's classic. It's official. Clint yeah. has weighed in. Yeah. Yep. We'd like you millennials and, and younger zennials and whatever to go out and watch this because the yeah. catharsis we experienced as kids watching the Russians get beat up, you can watch that now and yeah. enjoy not getting nuked while watching Russians die. Right. You can enjoy that. Slava Ukraina. Say that again. I think we're done for Toasting the Classics for All the right, week. Man. We'll see when this comes out. I think this is going to be probably my last show live, like face-to-face, unless I come back out to Cruces for some reason, which I might do. Or you come to New York. You coming to New York? Uh, New York. Take well, you to Harry's, uh, Harry's, uh, Harry's New York bar. Eventually, yeah. You come to New York and the drinks are on me. The really? whole time you're visiting. You don't want to say that. No, I'm saying it. I'm saying oh, okay. Well, I'm saying all right. it. I'm going to call your bluff. Come out <laughs> okay. and see me in New York and the drinks are on me. We'll okay. have a good time. All right, man. Fun city. Cheers. Cheers. Justin the Classics is out. Peace out. Thanks, everybody. I mean, Bye-bye. I say peace, but I'm a, like urging war on the Russians. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. good night. That's it for episode 51 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some craft IPA for our discussion of the Native American indie film darling Smoke Signals. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know what you're doing to avenge us. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. <laughs>